Ten ten. Witten, how are you? <laughs> Good night. Right. Uh, well, there you go. Hey, uh, a little bit of technical delays, folks. But we got there in the end. Yeah. Well, it, I don't know. It seems a bit delayed now, Fenton. So maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe, <laughs> hopefully it'll catch up. Anyway, folks, welcome along. Um, good to have you here. You're not here yet, but some of you are. Uh, give us a shout out in the chat when you show up. We've been trying to work out Andy's uh, Andy's tech. He's he's in a new spot. You can see his fancy, very nice and fancy uh, background there. Yep, it's very flash. He's in his new office in his new studio with his new equipment, making sure we're, we're getting it right, mate. How you doing? What's going on, mate? Well, apart from apart from getting this set up for tonight, and I think there's a little bit of a delay, but we'll hopefully manage it pretty well. But mate, uh, other than uh, that, you're looking mate, pretty good now. You're looking pretty good, mate. Go for it. Yeah, thank you, mate. <laughs> well, uh, I've just I've just cracked open a, a beautiful bottle of wine that's um, that's actually made by a, a couple of friends of ours. Uh, no, no longer made. Uh, Manton's Creek was the name. It's a temperance. It's two two thousand and four. Uh, so we'll see whether see whether we can uh, make a dent in that tonight. No, no doubt I will, and and hopefully it's still still uh, it's still reasonable. It hasn't turned to vinegar yet. Have you got the the nine popes out, mate? No, mate. I, I'm I'm sticking with the uh, the Ala Cante Bouquet. Anyway, you, you, uh, the reason I'm drinking this is because I can drink a little bit of it and I can put it back in the fridge, Andy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not for a couple of weeks. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Yeah. Well, welcome, folks. Good to have uh, all of you on. Give us a shout out in the chat. I can see a fair few of you guys on right now. Welcome to another Wealth, Wine, and Wisdom. Uh, Another Friday, Fenton, another week gone by. Um, folks, uh, most of you know this, but if you don't, we've been doing this for a little while and, um, you know, uh, we we try and follow a little bit of a structure, Andy, but, uh, you know, often often we get a bit waylaid with, uh, with conversations and commentary, but uh, usually we try and sort of do a little bit of a debrief, folks, what's in the news. Uh, what's out there, what's uh, topical, um, things you should know. We need to learn a few things and hopefully we've got something to teach and uh, along the way you might have some questions and if you do, make sure you put them in the chat, folks. We would love to answer your questions if you have some or comments or observations, whatever they are, and, um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But, Andy, we've been doing this for a while now. Yeah, two and a half years, three years, three years. Yeah, I think I think we're uh, we're rolling into the third year of this stuff, and um, we've had a few uh, iterations of what we've been up to. Hey, Sharon, good to see you. Awesome to have you on tonight, Alison. As always, great to see you. But yeah, we've been uh, debriefing the week for almost three years now. When it comes to what's going on out there in the marketplace, the the weird and wonderful world of um, <laughs> Opinionations. I don't even know if that's the right word, um, well, but uh, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll make it up. <laughs> um, opinionations of uh, you know often uh, inexperienced and misguided um, um, uh, media when it comes to actual factual reporting. So Andy and I thought we'd set the world straight. One little bit of. One little bit of information at a time, and we'll start in our own backyard, which is Australia. So anyway, 
That's where uh, the wine and wisdom world has come from, the wealth, wine and wisdom. And, uh, you know, we try and sort of make a bit of sense, folks. So good to see all of you guys here. Um, and uh, welcome to another afternoon conversation about what is going on, mate. So listen, in the world of finance and banking and the world of uh, the share market, Andy Fenton, absolute legend, extraordinaire, 20-plus years in that world. Myself in the real estate and investing game on that side of the fence, 20-plus years and along the way. Andy and I have skinned our knuckles in our knees once or twice um, and also... <laughs> Um, we've uh, we've uh, we've done a few things that have ended up working out pretty nicely. So we've got a bit of experience personally. We've helped thousands, and I'm and I'm saying thousands and thousands of people in business investing. So we like to share a little bit of the wisdom, Andy. Did I miss anything? I think that was about it. A little yeah, rant. I think, it's a pretty, I think it was a pretty good summary. I think it was a pretty <laughs> good summary. But I can't wait to get into a few things here tonight because there's. Uh, I know that you've already picked up on stuff uh, uh, in and around your world, but I've seen some headlines that you picked and you called it uh, around about, oh, I reckon uh, every wine and wisdom for about the last six months, you've been uh, you've been banding on about something that has come to fruition. Part of our headline, ladies and gentlemen, and you go back uh, probably every episode for the last oh six months to to twelve months, you'll you'll have heard Jason waxing lyrical about uh, one of the things that I'm sure is in the news. And uh, I've got a few things to chat about that um, uh, that's offshore. I thought we'd have a little bit of a look see at at America. Uh, maybe have a little bit of a chat about why America isn't Australia, and I think that a lot of Australians are pretty glad about that. But um, <laughs> yes, yes. But also because we see what happens over in the states, and right now, mate, the media is well and truly focused on on America recession. Um, they're talking technical yeah. recession versus normal recession versus their politicians saying what's a recession. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a. It's a fake a, recession, Fenton. It's a I, fake recession. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think these guys just jump into the uh, jump into the dictionary and just start tampering with it. It's, it's quite incredible. But uh, I thought I'd chat a little bit about uh, America this time around. So for those of you who are keen to to understand what's happening in the states, maybe you've got some stocks in in Google's or whatever the whatever it might be. But uh, have a chat about that and show you why. It's actually not Australia and why it's very, yeah. very different to Australia and what's actually happening out here. But, Jace, one of the things that's very similar in America, which I don't have slides on, which I'll uh, probably go to get over the coming weeks, is about the property side of the equation is very similar as to what's happening in America to what's actually happening out here. Different reasons, mm. some of the same yeah. sorts of stimulus, but... Uh, but yeah, it's uh, is, is America a part of Mexico? I think Jeff just put it up there. <laughs> Mexico. So sorry, Jeff. North America uh, North is America. Think, uh, yeah. the, the correct way of saying it. But uh, so that's a little bit of what's in my world, uh, and also got some stuff in and around uh, interest rates, which might be interesting for some of the mortgage uh, mortgage lovers out there, mortgage lovers or mortgage holders, or what's happening with mortgages? Are we going to twenty two percent interest rates, uh, or uh, are we going to be <laughs> plateauing? And uh, Jace, I think you've got some interesting insights as well into what's actually happening at the bank level, uh, which is going to be super interesting. So stay tuned, folks. We've got uh, we've got the the big US. We'll chat about, and uh, we're going to talk about interest rates and what mortgage rates are doing, and. Um, and then have a bit of fun in between it. So whack the questions in now if you've got any questions, especially around 
uh, those topics and we'll do our best to get to them as we go through. But, uh, mate, interested to see whether I was right in what you have picked up from uh, in the news this week. What have you got? Well, mate, well, I think, uh, folks, unless you've been living under a rock, you know, there's plenty of interesting things going on, Andy, and, um, you know, we are seeing some very interesting stats when it comes to the uh, the rises in rents, and it's only the beginning. Andy, folks, uh, I've been saying it for a long time. It takes time for lease renewals to flow through, you know, and um, really right now, you know, in the past, Andy, folks listening in, in the past, prior to um, – oh, I just dropped my pen. I'll be back. Um, well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because most leases on properties in the um, in the non-commercial, in the residential space, most most people, unless they've been listening to us, Jace, or more specifically yes. you in this domain, uh, have yearly rentals. So, if you've just signed a a, a a rental contract for with one of your tenants last month, well, it's going to take twelve months for you to raise that rent again. You can't just willy nilly raise the rent. So. These types of changes will be coming through for the next 12 months, likely. Well, and you see, you know, Melbourne apartments rents jumped 34%. You know, I, I talked about that for ages, Andy. Like, you know, the apartment space was depressed in Melbourne for a while. And, um, you know, I said it's going to make a comeback, team. You know, you, you watch this space. Also, uh, folks, Andy, what, um, what happens, you know, prior to, you know, you know 2021, we all still had very low interest rates, Andy. Even though the supply was low, even low, even though vacancy rates in 2021 were like some of the lowest we'd ever seen in history in Australia in some of these places, um, there was actually no motivation on behalf of the owner of the property to to put the rents up. Like there was no pain. As soon as, as soon as the the interest rates have gone up. Then everyone's gone. Oh my lord! You know uh, what's my my costs are going up, and now you, you will mean see I actually that. have to pay for this property myself? Yeah, well, no, that's you not mean gonna I'm not going to get a two percent interest rate for the rest of my life? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, so um, you know that's where this is coming from, and it's going to come fast and furiously. And I've got a couple of stats to show you guys in a minute, so stick with us, folks. About uh, mean reversion, Andy. You know, you've talked about this before. Like I've heard it a number of times. The rental market mean reversion is only just getting started, right? Um, because if we have a look, you know, you know, Australia's rental crisis, record price hikes, etc. It's going on right now because, folks, because the interest rates are coming up, and my prediction it's going to take sort of nine to twelve months to flow through, Andy. Um, yep. as you go, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to see some interesting things. Oh, I thought this was actually funny. I, you, Andy usually has a uh, a bit of a joke. <laughs> That's a very curious drawing, Jason. It is a bit of a weird drawing. <laughs> However, gush uh, right to the, the commentary, Andy, you know, people sitting around going, oh, I hope the marketplace collapses. Well, it's not going to collapse. There's, there's, it's You know, there might be some short-term rearrangement of people who have you know, badly planned themselves. You know, there we go. You know, Andrew, Andrew. You know, it's interesting, Andy. You and I, and I've been saying it elsewhere too. But you and I have been talking about put your rents up, folks. Like, and I've been mm-hmm. saying it for well over twelve months. You know, yep. we are in the middle of a rental crisis. Uh, yep. You know, get them going. 
And the problem is, you know, interest rates can go up. Tell me in the in the chat, folks. Tell me in the chat right now. Uh, how fast can your interest rates go up? Put it in the chat, okay? Like, what's the time duration between interest rate increases? Put that in the chat for me for a second. Um, so this is it's a little lesson here. Um, hey, Kylie, good to see you. Uh, and maybe let us know what you're uh, what you're what you're uh, having tonight. Looks like Kylie might be having a glass of champers. Two but tell me. Yeah, once a month, right? Once a month. So Alison is dead right, folks. So listen, listen to this month by month, right? So your expenses, listen, your expenses are going to go up month by month or they could go up month by month, right? How often can you, by the law, put your rents up? And it's actually tightening up right now. So your expenses could go up monthly, but how often could you put your income up in your um oh no oh no Kylie's working tonight so she's on the windex all right well fair enough Kylie don't get <laughs> I used to drink windex just when I had the uh the, the desire to uh take my clothes off and run down the street uh, apparently uh windex prevents streaking uh well there <laughs> Fenton but a boom oh there you go <laughs> I need I need a sound effect for that one um <laughs> Well, there you go. So, listen, Melinda's Melinda's got it. You know, Andrew said end of a lease. You know, Melinda says you know once a year. Um, you know, and um, you know, folks, that's right. Your cost could go up often. I'm having my little my, now my tech's playing up, Andy. Um, your your cost could go up monthly, but you can't pass on you know the offset, and and you know that's why I'm sort of talking, you know to all of our crew, Andy, about, listen, get on with it, folks. If your lease is coming up for renewal, don't miss this because if you lock it away and you miss it, your expenses could go up. They won't, but they, right. they could go up 12 times in the next 12 months before you you could even hope to offset the expense, right? Um, so for all of us, um, well, that's important. Look, if you've been listening for a little while, then you've probably already done it. Uh, Jace, I... I you know, had chatted with some some new clients with substantial uh, property portfolios just recently, and uh, and I looked at the yields uh, on them, and I'm like, oh, these must be dog properties. Uh, and then I sort of uh, begged the question. I said, so um, when was the last time you did a, a rental increase? Uh, and the question was, oh, what? And. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And sure enough, mate, as I did a quick Google search for you know four bedroom houses in the in the same suburb, I was like, well, hang on, here, here, all right, well, we've just made you a lot of money, because uh, yes. the agents who were doing the, the 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 rental agents for them, who were doing it all for them, never never asked, never never said anything, never said boo, you know, it's they didn't care, well, uh, and and. The reality is, unless it's an agent who cares about their business reputation, which most don't, unfortunately, uh, you know, there's there's no real motivation, Andy, for that agent dollar wise to go to all the trouble to help you get a you know a fifty, a hundred dollar increase because they're only going to get paid like two dollars to do it. Now, you know, right, if they uh, want more clients and uh, and lots of them, or maybe want to charge more rates, and and I know that you have a an arm. You know that does this for your clients, but you also provide this on the other side of the equation. 
Mate, yeah. but I reckon I'd pay twice as much for an agent that's going to keep me up to date with what the rental yields need to be and, and constantly adjusting who's going to be doing. I think that sometimes people just get lazy uh, yes. at the yeah. way that they do business and yeah. stop looking for the opportunity to provide better value. Uh, mate, you and I agree with that. Like we're, we're you know, many businesses don't necessarily, uh, you know, follow through on what they should. That is for sure. But, um, you know, let's have a quick look at, at this one, Andy. We were talking about that mean reversion. Oh, it's playing up on me. I don't know. There you go. We're having a bit of an issue here, team, but um, hopefully it won't uh, glitch out on me. So, Andy, you know, this is I kind was, of um, the problem child when it started and now it's flipped uh, no. around, mate. <laughs> uh, so if you look in here, I might, I might I scroll in. Oh, just we give, it, give us a, an idea of the time frames that we're looking at there, Jace. Just, just it, down this the is kind of 2010, right down here. So if we sort of squidge in, and this is kind of this is 2020. That's kind of right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we scroll in, it kind of went down, flat, and has gone back up, right? And we're kind of down at sort so, of 2022. What are we looking at there, Jace? What are the different lines? I can't see the legend. Uh, they're all houses. Like all houses, three bedroom houses, all units, two bedroom units, and combined. So, so in essence, what happens if you look at kind of you know the mean reversion of kind of you know different stock stock choices right now, it went down, um, and it's just sort of you know cracking through where it was three years ago, Andy. Right. Mm. So it's going to sort of catch up, you know, um, across the board. Now this is an aggregation of the whole of Australia. If you drill in using this uh, research tool, which is SQM Research, which is an amazing tool, folks, if you're ever, if you're ever in, in, in the world of doing a bit of research, then you're going to see, um, you're going to see um, the, the mean reversion in places, especially like Melbourne, Andy, um, not, even, not even getting up to the highs that they were three years ago. So we've still got a long way to go in places like Melbourne for rent growth, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So you know, you, you'll you'll see that sort of thing because you know, if you look at um, you know, a bit more of a, a shorter term one, sort of Jan twenty to sort of April twenty two, you can see Melbourne is still low in comparison to where we started. You know, and Sydney's kicked off a bit just because Sydney's a behemoth. <laughs> but in comparison, Melbourne's still low on the back of a 30-plus percent rent increase, folks, okay? So, you know, this is the, this is the, the thing. I, I think Melbourne's got plenty of legs in it. It's still an inexpensive city to, to rent in in comparison to Sydney by many hundreds of dollars. So, you know, that should be, that should be pretty good. And the vacancy rates now, um, you know, Andy, you know, June – uh, 21 to June uh, 22, wow. you know, significantly reduced, like insane, insane reductions. And, you know, look at the rest of Australia. The rest of it's Australia is as low as where the cash rate was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's, it's gone the other way around now. But, you know, here's why I'm bullish on Melbourne. You know, we're, we're sort of theming on Melbourne right this second, but every other you know, every other marketplace is, you know, getting a bit of the action as well. The change in rental listings is a 26% drop in in number of rental listings as well in that 12-month um, period. So Melbourne's kind of coming home strong, right? 
So some of the other places... So what, what you're saying there, Jace, is that there's 26% less properties listed for rent in Melbourne now as there was a, a year, year ago. Yeah. At, at wow. an already all-time low of supply, right? Wow. Yep. The challenge with Melbourne is Melbourne actually, Melbourne's rent, Andy, dropped like 100 bucks on average where the rest of Australia kind of stayed steady um, because That's of COVID probably, lockdowns. Yeah, because... Yep. Um, yep. Dan, Dan features again. Dan the man. Mate, Can't mate, get Dan, anything man. wrong. Mate, he yeah, did it better well, than anybody go. else. He, he literally, we, we've got the record, mate. Record. <laughs> record breaking. Oh. And, and again, Melbourne, being the competitive city it is, um, you know, 52% change right now um, in volume change. So anyway, that's why we're ending up with 30% rental increases down there in Melbourne, um, Andy. You know, and across the board, you know, lots, not much to rent, lots of, you know, uh, yeah, lots of challenges for people. Uh, and check this out. This, this is interesting. Affordability in some places as well. If you think about affordability, you know, well, people won't be able to afford to pay a mortgage either, so they're going to turn to rents, okay? Yeah. Like, you have a look at this, 38% of the average Victorian wage has to go towards mortgages. Check out New South Wales, Andy, 46% of the average average, average earner. Um, so, you know, that is, that's pretty high. It's a lot higher than it was three years ago. So, you know, this is going to turn to rents and, and, and all sorts of stuff. So, And this, mate, this was something, mate, that my, my dad, Tony, if he's listening. Good old Tony. Um, Shout out if, to your uh, tone. <laughs> if, if Margot's listening, she's probably already given us a, an angry face already for maybe swearing too much. <laughs> but this is where, uh, mate, and I've been chatting about it a little bit recently because now listening to you over the last couple of years, learning a little bit more about the resi space, um, he, he used to say to me that sometimes it's cheaper to buy a house and sometimes it's cheaper to rent a house. Yep. And that's the sort of the cycles of the residential property market is that, you know, uh, at over a period of time. So as we're going through that, I mean, I guess the question is, you know, to what extent is that true based on your experience? And then if it's true, you know, where are we in that cycle? And, uh, well, is, is it true or not? I think is probably uh, the, the answer is yes, absolutely true. Uh, it's about to turn on, um, on folks right now because, Andy, at the same time, property prices have escalated. The cost of a mortgage is escalating. Um, and, um, you know, now rents are going up. So, you know, when the interest rates were very low and before the boom, before the boom of, you know, the last two years, right, um, it, there was a sweet spot there. It was actually significantly cheaper to buy and own a piece of real estate than it was to rent. Um, yes. So right now, just depending on what's going to happen um, in the next little bit, but I think we'll in a, a fair few of the higher valued cities, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, it's, it's going to be cheaper to rent than it will be to have a mortgage. So, you know, I think that's going to be, um, yeah. That, and again, that's going to accelerate things, mate. You know, uh, you know, one of the slides I, I had here, but I, I won't, bring it up right now, but we can just talk about it. You know, th there's talk about in the next 10 years, uh, you know, the population increasing, you know, pretty significantly, you know, up to 
um, you know, 29 million people. We're at like 26 now or something like that. Um, I'll, I'll pull I'll pull the right number up and I'll, I'll, I'll grab it out. But, you know, where are they going to live, Andy? Like because right now our, our construction system, oh, there we go. So, you know, uh, so 5.4 million people in Sydney, you know, go to 6 million, you know, 5.2 in Melbourne go to 6.1 million. You know, the 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 supply chain, the construction supply chain is going to take three to five years to recover from today, if you're lucky, even to get back to what it used to be or could be, right? And we're still, we still haven't seen the knock-on effect, Andy, of the small builder going broke. I was chatting with a number of small builders. Some of the bigger ones have gone down, you know, some of the smarter ones have, you know, managed to get through. But don't underestimate the decimation of that small to medium builder folks in the marketplace right now, mm. the ones you're not hearing of. You're hearing of Privium and whatever. There was an average, and I, I'm going to grab this stat, an average of like there's 26,000 builders and trades going to leave the leave the industry in the next 12 months because of um, because of the financial issues in the industry, like thousands and thousands and thousands of people leaving the industry because they can't make a buck, you know, whatever it was. So, yeah, some crazy numbers out there, man. Um, but, you yeah. know, you talk about mean reversion. Uh, I, I've, I don't have it here either, but um, I'll try and find it. Um, they called it the tradie index. Uh, uh, yeah. Was, uh, yep. The average costs of wages for tradies over the last, uh, I think it was 40 years. And, mate, it was it was like a hockey stick graph. It was just like that. And that's just not possible, not in any field. Uh, you cannot have that exponential growth. It's just not possible. And it's not sustainable because the flow-on effects come through to consumers. And, um, yep. mate, then that does need to, to mean revert because that, uh, if if it if it didn't, it just meant that property was always just going to go through the roof and then become unaffordable to to a point, mate. Uh, where I heard this garbage uh, on, uh, and I won't mention uh, the the news show, but it's a very hip news show. Uh, but like most, <laughs> uh, completely full of uh, <clears throat> and and, uh, and and they were talking about something like this. Uh, Buying a property in the metaverse versus uh, versus buying a property in the real world, and uh, yeah, actually, you know, this, is, this was actually on television last night. Uh, so people are looking at buying a a nice place next to Snoop Dogg, or you know, in these various different metaverse platforms. And the, the theme was Jace, and this bait cop this. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! What trash! You know what? Absolute garbage! Like there, there's money to be made in this, but this is highly speculative gambling stuff at the moment. Uh, but buy a property in the metaverse because we're never going to be able to afford to buy a property in the real verse in the in the universe. Sorry, buy in the metaverse because we'll never be able to buy one in the universe. And <laughs> oh. uh, mate, what absolute bloody dribble it was! But uh, but because the idea is well are you going to sleep in a little sleeping bag and put on your virtual reality headset while you while you go to sleep and uh, and and swim in your virtual pool crazy Mate. stuff out there Andy but you know you know what's really interesting though you know let's let's change gears and maybe you know talk a little bit about America and stuff like that because you know what the challenge with Australia you talked about the trade index right and I've talked about this before Australia is one of the only nations in the world where we are not connected physically 
to uh, an inexpensive labor force, right? You know, the rest of the world has, you know, geographical connections to, um, you know, different economies uh, and the arbitrage of someone who works with their hands compared to someone who's got, you know, uh, a tertiary education is large, massive, Andy. So, but in Australia and and New Zealand and and some of, you know, we're we're the two highest countries. The difference between an education, and this is not a shot, it's just a fact. It's just you go to uni and get a degree or, you know, you know how to um, be a carpenter. You know, in most other countries in the world, the difference, you know, your degree is a dentist, let's say, is pretty significantly different. In Australia and, and New Zealand, the difference is not that far away. And in some cases, it's actually more, right, in different trades and stuff like that. So, it's it's actually quite interesting. Australia is a weird anomaly in that kind of play. But if you think about places like America, you know, you can go to America right now, Andy, and you can go to a nice town and you can buy a, an amazing house under $100,000. Like everyone in America, if you have a regular job, can move to a reasonably good town and have a regular job and buy a regular house. Like, because why, Andy? Like, we've got the same size country as America, like the physical land mass, right? Because we have the population, because they have the population and the taxpayer base to be able to maintain cities elsewhere. And this is one of Australia's biggest things that's going to hold it, hold it back in the future, as far as I'm concerned, is its inability to provide housing and grow its population. Australia needs a bigger population. We've got a massive country and we can't pay enough for our infrastructure. Mate, it's been on the books for years. You yeah. know? What, what, yeah. what, what, what was the old rod? Was it, was it Kennett or was it Keating? Was it Kenny, Keating or Kennett? What, one one for you, one for your wife and one for Australia. Oh, yeah, no, that was, um, uh, what was the treasurer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Costello. Um, yeah, was it, wasn't that Costello's? Was it, or, or, was it, was yeah. it, it could have been. It would have been something that Pete would have said. Um, <laughs> one for you, one for the, one for your partner and one for the one country. For Australia, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you go. But it's it's true and this is, and, and, and you know, our our neighbouring workforce has been uh, Cost, South Korea. Costello, Costello, Andy. Costello. Andy. <laughs> But he, he's a legend. Like he, he was he was painted poorly on the way out because he was he was a he was I reckon probably the best treasurer Australia's ever seen, mm. but he wasn't the best politician Australia's yeah. ever seen. Yeah. I, yeah. I had the yeah. beauty of meeting Pete on a number of occasions, and uh, uh, mate, the guy the guy was great. Uh, but uh, he just couldn't play the game. And as soon as he put his his sights on Howard, I was like, don't even start. Like, <laughs> That's like a, a scrawny little featherweight coming up to Tyson and going, "Come on, come on, come on, mate!" Yeah, he, he exactly. Just, he, he wasn't fit for the political task, but uh, mate, what's going on over in your neck of the woods? I know there's a bit on on your list, but a bit of a shout out to the folks here while Andy gets himself organised. Make sure if you've got any questions, folks, put them in the chat. Put them uh, in now. Like, yep, yep. Whack that in there. Um, I'm pretty sure Nada's clapping because I mentioned Tony and bringing Tony back on, and that's a little <laughs> bit of chat. Was it was it Luke last week who said, "Come on, you boys, you're always talking about bringing on a guest, but you never that's actually right. do it." Now, that's shout Luke. out to Luke if you're listening tonight, Luke, Luke. We've got a guest booked in for next week. For next week, 
to talk about the very topic that we talked about, uh, Malcolm's going to come in and 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 blow our minds. Uh, I'll I'll be interested to see what wine he's drinking, and uh, and he's a real guru of domestic and international markets. So it should be a great week next week. So Luke, we've we've changed our stripes. But uh, so what's going on in my world? Oh, very little by the looks of it. Oh, there we go. It's up. <laughs> there you go. He's back. He's he's back. Um, so. Going to chat a little bit about uh, the US, right? Because there's a lot of chatter around about the US in regards to uh, recession. Uh, you know, basically what's going on, Jace, is for those of you who don't know, a recession is uh, is basically uh, two quarters of negative GDP. And they call it negative GDP growth, but that's an oxymoron because it's you can't have negative growth. If that you know that that is actually counterintuitive to itself, which I, I find <laughs> hilarious because it's bandied around everywhere, but it's negative GDP for two quarters, which basically means the gross products of a country or of a state um, that what they produce uh, goes into negative territory, right? So what they're producing and what they're earning money for goes into a negative territory for two cycles. Right, um, and that's effectively where the the US is right now. But the politicians are basically saying, "Well, it's not. It's not really. We're not in recession. Well, you are, uh, based on the, the the definition of what a recession is." But they go, "Oh, well, it's a it's a it's technically not. Whatever." So, uh, a fake recession, Andy. It's a fake recession. It's a fake recession. <laughs> it's like these guys. I mean, when they talk, it's just garbage. It's just so much garbage coming out. And when the media get behind it, they they're just as bad. So I uh, want to chat at a, at a couple of different things, right? So um, equity markets, meaning share markets, uh, we're going to talk about the US debt to GDP. Uh, we're going to talk about that because there's some really interesting stats I've got here on um, on CPI and the core inflation, like we were talking about previously, yes. you know, core yep. inflation versus uh, you know headline inflation. But this is a really interesting one, the Schiller Index, uh, which is this first one here. Oops, I'll bring that back up. Now, the Schiller Index is price to earnings uh, for companies, right? So price to earnings, which is price. What is a company? What are you paying to buy that company? Yeah. Amazon, Google, BHP, so on and so forth, to the forward-looking earnings. How much is that company going to earn in the next 12 months, next two years, five years, 10 years, right? So what is the future earnings forecast? Now, during... Uh, you know, COVID, nobody cared in the US about the E. People only cared about the P. The People price, yeah. The price. Nobody yeah. gave a shit what the company was earning. It was all about the price. It's absolutely insane. That's why the market took off 80, 90%, 12 months from uh, the big dip of COVID. So, what I like to look at is the Schiller PE. Now, the Schiller PE is just, it's a fancy term, right, uh, I think named after the person who invented it, is where, where you take a five-year rolling average of your price to earnings, right? So you take out a lot of the day-to-day -day noise as to, as to what's actually happening. So you've got, in this graph, you've got your rolling 10-year returns per annum, right, on the, on, the, on the index, and you've got yeah. your Schiller PE, which is your five-year average price versus earnings and you can see here the graph over in the us is is diving quite significantly um especially when you when you look at this goes right back to uh to to 1950 right so we're we're actually sitting around about here 
So the expectation is that the PEs on that rolling five-year basis are actually going to dive. They're going to actually go lower. Which so actually, earnings, earnings per company or earnings across a, an index going to go down. Yep, and a couple of reasons for that. Interest rates yep. go up, companies make yep. less money. Their earnings yes. go down. Um, and then people spending, it, when spending curbs, quite often companies on the other side, that their earnings well, go they're down. Well, driven often by consumerism, right? Like, you know, you've got to spend something and if your interest rates go up, then you're not going to spend as much. 100%, right? So to me, this is a great opportunity. And so what we should be doing is we should be having a look in the US. Now, quite often these forecasts, they're written by economists and we all know who are the three people <laughs> that you don't trust? Politicians, economists, yeah, journalists, and economists. Economists. Right? Because they're generally wrong. But this is a great indication to start to look at the US, right? To start to look at things over there, watching these stocks, watching the E, because the E is the important part, right? When we go through periods of time where interest rates are going up, right, uh, what we want to be looking for is earnings. And if earnings of companies are going up, then yep. they're very attractive. Because when interest rates are going up, the cost of borrowing is more expensive. So growth companies like technology companies and these people who, who, who don't, they're like, oh, we don't have to deliver any returns to investors. Like, what are you, insane? We're, we're, we're a tech company. We're gods. Well, no, you're not, right? Uh, eventually, people want earnings and we're in an earnings cycle right now. I've got no shadow of a doubt. Earnings, cash is king in this concept, Jason. Yeah. Cash yeah. meaning cash flow. Revenue, yep, king, right? And all business owners who are watching this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, he spelt it wrong. He actually spelt it Friday, uh, Jace. Uh, <laughs> it should be Friday there, Mr. Friday. Good to see you, Jace. <laughs> Good evening There's a couple of questions for later, Andy, as well. So we've got uh, Andrew talking about, hey, what's the go with this uh, 2.3 or 2 to 3 inflation target, which is probably part of your conversation as well. So... We'll chuck that one up there for you, and uh, I've got a I've got a rent one to talk about a bit later. So Paul, we'll get on to that one a little bit later. So, mate, uh, what mate, I'll is accelerate, uh, I'll accelerate through. Uh, so I thought this is interesting, uh, mate, because over in Australia, uh, sorry, over in Australia, we're very similar to America in many ways, and this is one of them, right? Our governments uh, spend more than what we do, right? That that's just generally it. Because if you don't make it, Jace, do you care? No, you I mean, don't care, do you? Eh? As business owners, we kind of get it, right? It's, you don't make it, you don't care. So you spend more of it. So let's have a look at this household debt, very similar, right? That's the blue here in the US. So what's happened? Over in the US, not to quite the same extent as Australia. Ours is quite, since sort of COVID, ours, ours came down quite dramatically. Really low, yeah. So yeah. household debt actually came down significantly. But, um, you know, a uh, federal debt, Jesus. Just spiral out of control. Now, now this stuff, uh, for, for those people who know the story about the GFC, uh, the GFC was a big debt crisis and then there was a debt ceiling. Those debt ceilings are on the bottom floor of a 100-storey building right now, to give you context. That debt ceiling that the debt was never allowed to get back, back in the days of Obamacare, um, yeah, not... not, no, not go to the next floor. That's it's it's actually the basement where people are parking their cars and things like that. Like it's so I need to go. It's gone. And then so when we have a look at uh, the inflationary side year on year percentage increase, and we have a look at some of this. So US very much leading the way. 
Um, Eurozone, very much there. China, well, do we really believe what they're putting out there as statistics? No, we don't. We have, we, we absolutely. It's, it's a managed it. output, Fenton. It's a managed output. <laughs> So ultimately, is you know, looking at these factors, is America in, in a recession? Well, yes, they're in a recession right now, technically based on the definition of it. Now, here's some interesting stuff about consumerism, right? Because ultimately it's consumers because one of the things that drive uh, recessions are consumers. When, when consumers stop spending, yeah, then th- they're worried about the future of their money. And so they stopped spending. So this is a really interesting one. This was uh, Schroeder's sort of brought this to, to my attention. I've never thought about looking at it this way. Google Trends, right? So Google Trends, this is the number of times, hundred, uh, and what this does, it equals 100 uh, equals peak population, uh, peak popularity. 100, 100 equals peak popularity. So this, I have no idea what that actually means, but basically what's happening, this is Google searches for recession. Yeah, wow. Right? There you go. So back in 2008, right, GFC sort of, uh, so we're literally from a consumerism perspective in the United States, we're from the people over there, uh, from a Google perspective, they're at the same population density percentage, right, of people who are worried about America actually slipping into a recession. So this is now starting to become what we call the Google index. So this is what people on the street believe because we can measure it. Because if you don't know something, Jace, what do you do? You Google it. I tell, I tell my team all the time, don't ask me, search Google. Just Google. <laughs> Just Google. One, of, one, of, one of the pet frustrations, if you're a business owner out there uh, or a manager uh, of people, uh, just give me the the hail or a thumbs up emoji if if you get exasperated where somebody coming up and asking you something and you turn around and go you know what I've got this very interesting technical tool I think it's pretty new to the market it's called Google if you just go and punch that in there you'll find the answer you need in quarter of a second give me a uh, thumbs up if you've done that in the last week or so yeah. yeah how do you turn this thing on the computer well you know what I reckon Google would know that so just go just go to it. <laughs> Oh, but the computer's not working. Well, there's this funny oh. thing called a phone. That, oh, that, connected. Uh, pretty connected. Cool. Says that. <laughs> so, mate, uh, then this is this is more transportable to Australia, and this is what we were talking about last week. So, yeah. the headline theme is is America in a recession? In my belief, yes, it is. Two 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 quarters negative GDP. They're in a recession. Are things looking good? I think they're looking good for starting to think about buying in there. Not right now. But where if you've held, you've held, and you've still got it. But there's some great opportunities, I think, around the corner because you know um, the, these situations present great opportunities. And that Google index, I reckon, that's a cracker to watch out for because mm. when people are really googling, should we buy gold? Well, you should probably be buying the other stuff. Um, so this is the inflation data from the US, uh, and this is really, really, really interesting. So. We have a look at where we are now, obviously at the right-hand side, and, and have a look at um, when we entered COVID. So energy prices actually plummeted. And I remember doing a wine and wisdom with you, Jace, where yeah. oil and gas and they, they'd just fallen through the floor. People were, couldn't pay to move it. They were actually paying people ridiculous amounts of money to hold it. They were giving energy away, literally giving energy away. And we made the call right back here, Jace, 
that uh, that people should be looking at energy and people should be looking at these sorts of uh, these sorts of stocks and trades and so on and so forth. Not a bad trajectory, mate. Just just by the by over two years. It's a nice one, top to bottom, bottom to top. <laughs> but what we're looking at here is this is inflation in the US, right? The the nine percent figure that we're all hearing about and the composition of it. We were talking about last uh, last week, core versus yeah. inflation. Yeah. Right? So core is still significant, right? Uh, when we take out the two that are in here, which um, uh, so the headline is the green, so that's what gets quoted at the, the Reserve Bank. And for whoever asked the two percent question earlier on, two to three percent, that is the in in the US, uh, they have their own measures, but that's that that headline, that purple one, that's what they've got to keep under control, and that's what the Australian. Reserve Bank has to keep under control is that headline inflation. But when we have a look at energy, right, and we have a look at the composition that energy and food takes up. Now, let's have a look back. Energy is quite is quite the devil, right? Energy comes up and peaks and troughs through recessions, through wars and, and economic cycles. But um, the food inflation is one that's really probably at an all-time high in comparison uh, yeah. to... Yeah, like in comparison to, well, this we've got this graph going back well before 2011, but this goes down back to wartime, like post World War II, since we've seen the same sorts of levels. Wow. Now, this we would say tends to be more transitory based on circumstances, and a large part of this, not all of it, is largely transitory. So, if we were to actually strip out that. By a substantial margin, we're probably looking more around that that sort of six percent. Yeah, yeah. Now, why do I say that? Is because this stuff will will normalise over one two years, right? And this ultimately, so the smart people in the world, which are the corporations, the banks, and stuff like that, start to translate this into government bond yields. And this is where the this conversation is going to segue back into how much do you pay on your mortgage? Right, because ultimately, what happens is businesses don't look here to make decisions. Businesses look out here, and I'm not talking about on the next graph. I'm talking when Jason and I make a decision in our business. We're looking twelve, twenty-four, three years, five years, ten years in advance, and we make decisions based off that. Right, so that's where the smart decisions are being made right about now, and they're being made based on well, where do we think these numbers? are going to be in 12 months' time. Do we reckon they're going to be up here? Do we reckon they're going to be down, back down here? Do we reckon they're going to normalise? Like where do we think that these these rates are ultimately going? And, uh, mate, I, I, I know and I'm not sure whether you've got anything there in regards to it. I pulled up a couple of things which I'm going to have to go offline to um, to find. But you spoke to me uh, as we were just, uh, as we were driving today about interest rates uh, and uh, what we call an inversion of the yield curve, yeah. uh, where you're saying that longer-term interest rates now are lower than short-term interest rates. And well, this, and, and this comes is, into the yeah, inflation in the, discussion. Yeah, in the fixed interest rate space, um, Andy, and, you know, it's really interesting, you know, you brought you, you brought this, um, uh, you know, a few wine and wisdom to go, folks, where Andy said, listen, the market's far smarter than an individual. Uh, the market aggregates literally thousands and thousands of financial opinions and says, you know what, we're going to buy bonds or something at a certain price 
and and it's a free market aggregation of of knowledge, information, opinions, Andy. Right. So so basically, what the market um, did a little while ago, because the in, in Australia anyway, the RBA, you know, got on the bandwagon and said, right, we better put the the cash rate up, and they went pretty hard at it, Andy. They got, they had a little little dab at it, and then they went boom. 0.75, you know, and, you know, just recently 0.5 or whatever it was. 0.75 was the US, 0.5 yeah. was uh, was Point. little old Australia, but apparently yeah. we were the most aggressive in the world. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> according to, to some journalists. Yeah. So then the market reacted and said, oh, well, at least they're getting on with it. You know, uh, future value of bonds, um, which then ultimately flow into cash rates and long-term, you know, lending by institutions to it then on lend to consumers, well, that all sort of said, well, we don't think it's going to go so high now. The aggregated opinion decided that certain bonds and certain values were actually not as high as they were a month ago. So what's happened is, you know, that rate, that bond rate has reduced. According to the marketplace, they're going to pay less for it rather than higher. And pretty well, like within 30 days, Andy, the five-year fixed interest rate, folks, has gone from 6% or averaging in the sixes down to 5.5 for a five-year fixed interest rate. So it went backwards. So interest rates, like it's it, and, you know, fixed interest rates, five-year fixed. What was it? So I'll I'll bring this up. So just as a metric, so uh, a little while ago, what was it? Let's say a month ago, it was six percent. If you were going to lock in a five-year interest rate, it was six percent. And yep. as of today, it flowed through to you know August. So in the first week of August, it's now five point five. So fifty basis points down for a five-year fixed interest rate. What does now, that mean, that Andy? That, right? Yeah, isn't yeah. that hilarious? It, well, it's not hilarious, but it, it's interesting, right? Because one would say that. You'd think that the banks, oh, I'll go back there. You'd think that the banks might actually know what they're talking about because ultimately uh, when it comes to lending, uh, when when a bank lends you money on a mortgage, right, uh, especially when they fix it, when a bank lends you money on a mortgage uh, as, when it, and it's fixed, they what they do is they take a part of their book and they go, okay, million-dollar loan, it's fixed for five years, What's the fixed five-year government bond rate that we can get? And they go bang, and they lock that money away, and that's why you have things like break costs when you yep. try and break your loan. Because if you try and break your loan, then they're going to have to sell that bond. They got to pass on that cost. Correct. And if that bond is is yielding five percent and the market's paying six, well, they they're going to do some dough, right? They're going to lose some money, and they pass that straight back to you. So the banks do this day in day out, and they're the, they're like they're ultimately the market movers and shakers in this. And so where they start to where your longer term rates are lower than your short term rates, which means that if your two year fixed interest um, interest only is at you know seven percent, and your five year is at five percent, what that means is the banks believe that in five years, interest rates are going to be lower than what they are right now. Yeah. That's that's, that's the base to it. Now, this yep. graph that we're looking at here is a is an annualized, uh, sorry, is, is it annualized? It is a little bit Monthly. longer than a year. 
a little bit, uh, it's about a year, right? And this is the 10-year government bond rate in Australia, the 10-year. So this is uh, is here, June 30, this little dotted line, right? Uh, so we, we can actually see the expectations of interest rate hikes. We, just before the end of the financial year, it, it yep. got to a peak where they were basically saying 10-year money, 4%. That was great because you could actually lock away a ten-year government bond for four percent, which is actually not too bad. It was sort of not the, a bad, the, yeah, not bad. The term for for no risk, for no risk, four percent. We hadn't seen that in a long period of time, but what we've seen here is is a, a reasonably substantial drop uh, in that. It almost hit four point two, and now it's really down at the the three point one one. So that's a percent. That's a hundred basis points. Yeah. So when the Reserve Bank says. They're raising rates by 50 basis points. That's half a percent, right? Um, so what we're talking about is 100 basis points difference between uh, a little bit before the end of the financial year and now the 10-year go. So they're basically saying that they believe long-term rates are lower than short-term. But we've got to then have a look because that doesn't necessarily mean that rates aren't going up over the next one to two to three to four to five years. Right, because uh, ultimately rates that we're looking at ten years. Now let's have a look at a shorter period of time, um, and you can start to see a similar, a similar type of uh, uh, rise. And we're looking at five-year bond yields now. Yep. But also, uh, if we if we have a look, they're they're also sort of starting to have little cracks and little dips, which. Basically, is is the market saying well, we actually believe that the five year rate is either stabilizing or, or coming down at the moment, mm. right? And you can kind of see. So this is the market. This isn't me. This isn't the Reserve Bank. This isn't manipulated markets. This is where the market, which means the banks, businesses around the world, around Australia, that's where the the the, the market. It's the is aggregated like. opinion of what they think they're, they're hedging their bets on, right, Andy? So it's kind of like you know. Thousands and thousands of hopefully smartish people going, yeah, we think it's about this, right? Yeah, and and if we go to a bank and they lock in a, a thirty-year mortgage, right, and they put some money away, well, they were they were, they were getting a, uh, they were borrowing the money at four percent, but now yeah. they're borrowing the money at at three point one one percent for the next ten mm-hmm. years. Yeah, yeah. Right? So this is the commercial uh, terms of trade, and then we go to the two-year, and two-year is a lot more uh, volatile and a little little bit. Sorry, uh, a little bit more range based, right? So it's not as big as far as from from, you know, we were talking from three to five. How <laughs> many slides do you reckon? Oh yeah, um, uh, Alison, stick with it. Stick with it. Uh, the more wine, the easier the uh, connections become. I think actually, it's kind of like playing pool, Andy. This stuff. It's like a certain amount of drinks, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting this, and then. One drink yeah. too many, and it's like shit. I've lost it yeah. all. <laughs> I think I understand it now. But <laughs> let let me try and peel it back. The banks were borrowing money at four percent, which means that if they're borrowing at four, when they on lend it to you, they've got to make a profit. You've got to make a margin. Right. Now that ten year rate has dropped quite significantly by one percent, and this these are major markers, and and this is something. Guys, we'll keep you up to date with, especially as the media starts to bandy around bullshit. We're going to keep some uh, eyes on some very, very long-term economic trends, which is how our society trades. And ultimately, this is the sort of information that you need to be thinking about, especially if you if you're a business owner, 
if you're a property investor or you know a, a, a share investor or just you care about where your super's going, uh, these are the kind of conversations that you need to be aware of probably just to keep you a little bit more comfortable and um, and in the know because we're looking at Australia and, and I guess to summarise what I went through is America not looking great but looking great for potential opportunities in the not-too-distant yeah. future. Australia presumably was looking terrible but now the long-term trends as far as interest rates are concerned have stabilised uh, or at least are pointing in a slightly different direction. And uh, so... What we can take a little bit of comfort in uh, so far as far as the longer-term outlook is, is that the people who, who manage the billions and the hundreds of billions of dollars around Australia, their money is in the 10-year space that interest rates are, are trending down. It still means they're going to go up in the short term, yep. but ultimately that long-term game, and you know, you, you say it all the time, Jace, I won't steal your, your, your line about uh, investing, but um, it's long-term, right? And where we're buying for 5, 10, 15 years into the future. And uh, if you just have, you know, that these are the sorts of things that you need to be listening to so that you don't do your dough by just jumping out at the wrong times. Mate, dead right. Well, Jeff reckons he'd take um, take a million at 3.1%. No problems, Jeff. Uh, well, Jeff, they buy it at 3.1%. they have got it on, sell it. And it's usually a 2 to 3% like margin on top that they have to put on top of that money to uh, to on sell it. So that's kind of you, you can get rough enough, you know, if they're buying it at 3%, well, it's going to be maybe between 5 and 6%. Like that's kind of the number, you know. Um, so if it gets coming down a little, then that's great. Uh, in my head, my thoughts, my feel in the market right now, I reckon we'll be between that 5 and 6, maybe even between 4.5 and 5.5. And I think that's where it's going to, Land medium term, that three to five, Andy. Certainly, I think we'll probably get up to fives and sixes for sure in the short term. But um, you know, that four to five is going to be uh, that. That's my call anyway. You know, there you go, folks. We've got it on on record. That's my call. But um, why don't we? Uh, I'll, I'll quickly answer this one from Paul. Uh, and Paul sort of said, "Hey, listen, what's a reasonable rent increase?" Um, well, Paul, you know. I don't think reasonable is the right answer, Paul. What is the maximum you could do in the marketplace and the property that you have? You should never do reasonable. You should always do maximum. And, Paul, it's not about having a tenant out on the street. Um, it's about making sure you hedge your future risk, Paul, right? Yeah. Like Andy and I were talking about right before, Paul, mate, you know, your interest rates could go up every month for the next two years, right? And they're going to. They're going to, well, not maybe yep. two years, but they're going to go up probably every month for the next three to four months. Yep, absolutely. And that's yep. straight to your pocket. Yep, straight out of your pocket. Um, and if you don't, if you don't kind of maximize now, Paul, which the market will, will gladly pay, um, then, you know, your, uh, you know, mate, you, you're turning your business interest, which is your a property a, a property investment, is a small. It's a, I call it a micro business. It's a it's a small micro business. You have you have to treat it like a business. You can't run it at a profit uh, a loss. You need to run it at a profit. So, mate, uh, I would say I would ch- change it around. It's not about reasonable. It's about the maximum that the market will allow for your quality of real estate in that in that marketplace. 
you always should be maximizing your rents. It's, yeah. it's the same thing as the government bond trend, and, and maybe this is a great way of, of, of simplifying it, yeah. is that, you know, if if this were the journey, uh, right, if this were and you knew that this was the journey for uh, for your interest rates, right, Yeah. Uh, and you're currently paying 3%, but you know that I, or likely over the next 12 months you're going to be up to 4% and then longer term, you know, it may come down. Well, the question, or what Jace is saying is, you've you're setting the price here now. If you set it at the at the current rate, you are going to set it, and you are going to lose. That's it, one percent, right? You're going yeah. to lose all of this territory here is going to be the cost for you. Now, if you want to be philanthropic to your tenants, that's totally up to you. Um, uh, you can do I'll, it in a much better way, Andy. It can be much more tax effective if you want to be a charity. There's better ways to do it. <laughs> You know, 100%. and like Andy, you know, Alison's saying here, Andy, you know, that's why you put a property manager in between you and the, you know, the tenant. But, and and with, and that, I guess, you know, it's it's not my specialty, but I can imagine you get emotionally involved. Uh, and the one thing that you kind of want to separate from finance is is emotion as, yep. as best as you can, because you you don't want to make you don't want to make important decisions when you're scared, when you're overly happy, when you're drunk. When you've just had a fight, you want to make decisions when you're level and uh, and you're dispassionate, and that's when you make the best decisions uh, most of the time. Yeah, well, Andy, you know, it's an interesting one, and maybe we can put a pin in this one for a discussion at another time. But, you know, uh, folks, you know, the best thing you can do is to look after yourself really well, right? Everyone sort of nods and goes, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. You know, you go, oh, look after your health, Andy, because if you're not healthy, you can't look after anyone else, right? Then you go, oh, you know, look after your, um, you know, I don't know, what your mental health or your physical health or whatever. And then, and then when it comes to like, Andy, look after your money, because if you don't look after you first, you can't look after anyone else. And then it becomes weird this discussion about, you know, oh, what? Hang on, um, um, you know, you know, because I because I'm looking after me first financially, you know, I become this. You know, tyrant or this asshole that's a capitalist or whatever. No, folks, that's completely irrelevant. You know, if you make a profit, then you can go give it to charity if you like. But 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 don't lose money. Don't waste your life losing money because you know you want to look after someone. It's it it's not the it's not the sequence to do it in. Is all I'm saying. So you know that's um you know that's the conversation. So yeah, I agree with you, Andy. It, uh, there you go. Well, folks, um, well, mate, we might put a pin in that one, but why don't we oh, make sure we let everyone know we've got a, a guest next week? We, we, we will. Uh, I think we said we'd answer the questions. I think there was one about inflation, 2 to 3% target. I'll answer it in 30 yes. seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wax uh, lyrical on that one. Uh, and just see if there's any other questions because I know that um, we, we always say get them in, so it would be amiss if we don't answer them. Uh, but what's the fascination between two to three percent target inflation? Uh, so every single uh, reserve bank equivalent in the world, the Federal Reserve, the central banks of the world, um, they uh, well, all of the ones that I know about. So most of them, there might be a few that I'm not aware of. They target inflation, right? Yep. Which is the costs of goods rising. Now in Australia, that 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 band has been between two and four percent. That was brought back to two and three percent. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Andrew, it's it's 
if the cost of goods go up too quickly, we end up like what Brazil was like and what Thailand was like, where all of a sudden you start writing extra zeros or crossing them out on uh, on yeah, dollar you have a bill. trillion dollar note, which is worth yeah, nothing. A trillion yeah. dollar note, um, <laughs> and and it becomes completely unmanageable. And the wealth divide between the wealthy and the and the, the haves and the have-nots becomes very uh, the gap accelerates quite dramatically. And if you have a look at Brazil and if you have a look at Thailand and you have a look at places like that, because if you're on the right side of inflation when it's taking off, then it's incredible and you make a lot of money. If you're on the wrong mm-hmm. side, then you lose your pants, you lose your seat. Um, it also goes for the stability of trade, uh, right? Because ultimately, if a currency is accelerating in value too much up in the upward direction or decelerating, then companies, uh, sorry, uh, countries don't want to trade with you they don't want to buy yeah. your resources because you're it's too like volatile yeah you're too volatile they might yeah. pay you know a billion dollars today and then they'll only get you know half a billion dollars worth of goods so this inflation target has been set and this is what i think we talked about it last week have a look at the right hand while we go and fuck the economy on the left which is the yeah. politicians of the world they're going oh the rba it's all wrong and yeah blah 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 it's bullshit. The, the, the management of the company, uh, the, the fiscal policy is really poor. The monetary yeah. policy probably needs to be evaluated and I agree. I think that potentially an inflation-only target may not be the right uh, maximum for the future. For the future, it's done us very well to now, but I think we do need to start to think about it. But what they're doing right now is they're going, look at the RBA while we, just, we destroy the economy over here. They should be, uh, when it comes, it's just a business. Uh, Andrew and a business is um, you you don't fire the CFO of a business um, because the company's losing money because the, you're not getting enough sales. You fire the CEO and you fire the the the, the salespeople. The right? salespeople, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The it's CFO not the accountant on it. <laughs> it's, the, the CFO is just telling you what is actually happening. Uh, and at the moment, you've got the CEO of Australia going. Oh, the CFO's doing it all wrong over here. They're not quite getting it right. And so let's go and have the conversation. The reality is that the government's shitting the bed and they have been doing it for quite some time. And they're trying to go that the CFO's, you know, calculations are incorrect. And that's probably the best way I can put it. Mate, that, that's actually gold. We've got to write that down. I'm going to capture that. Like, you know, you know, hey, I'm fine with my CFO because they're telling me telling me something I don't want to hear. <laughs> out with the CFO. Get out. Go on, mate. Gone. I, I need someone to tell me what I want to hear. But yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. You're doing great. <laughs> uh well, you know, and you know, it's dead right, Jace. You know, bad wealth um can can lead to bad mental health. Like folks, you know, you gotta take care of yourself and your financial well being first before you bestow if you've got the capacity. To, to others and um you know i think that's um i think that's uh you know that's an important thing to really acknowledge and understand so you know at the end of the day mate um there's plenty of dimensions to our health and wealth is one of them that is for sure so um there you go um happy days so bit of a shout out to james looks like he might be on the beers good to see you james and um listen folks i think we'll do we'll, we'll call that one andy what do you reckon? We'll call it. But tomorrow, next week, next week, Andy, we have a very special guest. Now, it's not, this is not hot air and sunshine. This is for reals. <laughs> I'm actually going to go back and just make sure he's accepted the. the make request. sure he's locked in, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, matching beards. Hey, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, I got I actually got to get myself a haircut and have a shave, folks. So next week I'll be uh, a little bit slicker than I am than this week. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, 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 uh, bit rubbish. But anyway, Andy, who we got on next week? So give us the thirty second headline of who we can expect next week as a guest. Uh, Malcolm Palmer is uh, is one of my advisors when it comes to all things economics, all things uh, stocks. Uh, both domestically and internationally, he comes from uh, a family lineage uh, that his 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 granddad actually set up the Sydney Stock Exchange. Wow! Uh, and is uh, he is now the the C C uh, C E O and also the Chief Investment Officer uh, of this company, which has been around since the Gold Rush days. Uh, so he's uh, he, he's yeah he's just a beast when it comes to to markets. Understands it's very very simple in his approach to things he's not sensationalist he doesn't try try and over smart or outsmart people it, it just really brings it back down to the brass tacks and so malcolm palmer's his name joseph palmer and sons is the uh, is the business and uh, he's going to be joining us for a bit of a wealth chat so ladies and gents uh, if you've got any questions about global markets economics uh, he's very learned when it comes to geopolitical issues uh so uh, write down your questions. Uh, it'll be an incredible session, um, and yeah, get get ready. I, I'm sure that he'll have his his little stock charts and stuff like that ready to ready to rock and roll. And uh, I can't wait, mate. I, I love chatting with him. My clients will see him uh, uh, with a reasonable degree of frequency in uh, in our members' sites, and uh, and they all love him as well because he just. I think that the smartest people in the world quite often have a capacity. When they've got some empathy uh, to be able to simplify things, so that they, well, it was Einstein who said, if you can't explain it to a, a three-year-old, then you don't understand it yourself. And yeah. Malcolm's one of these people who really uh, understands it at a level that he can uh, help us, you know, be able to digest uh, it and be able to make decisions and feel comfortable in what we do. So that's a little bit longer there than thirty go. seconds. <laughs> bit longer, yeah. Well, mate. Uh, I've listened into a couple of your live streams with uh, with him, and and yeah, I've learned a, a significant amount. I, it reminds me of something like, um, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you, you're certainly in trouble. You know what I mean? So, uh, folks, we're going to get some we're going to get someone a lot smarter than me and Andy on next week, and um, certainly look forward to learning with you guys uh, a little bit about all things in that space. But uh, mate, I think that's uh, that's us. We're done and dusted, folks. Well. You know, Another Friday. I think it's uh, yeah, uh, fabulous Friday, Friday. You guys be awesome, be well, have a great. Um, can we do that, Benny? Like, ready, ready, this way. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that's it. All right, <laughs> all right, you guys be great. Have an awesome weekend, and uh, I think that's it. It's a good night from him, and it's a good night from me. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> See you, folks.